Welcome to Just Think, the podcast. The podcast where we don't want to tell you what to think. We just want to encourage you to do it. We are three friends that came from across the political spectrum who were tired of partisan politics and were alarmed at what we saw happening in our country, including the growing political divide. But we found as we challenged ourselves to recognize our own biases, to put them aside, we were absolutely united in our pursuit for the truth. And that's why we started this podcast to share the conversations we were having around that pursuit and to invite you into our conversation. To encourage you to feel free to ask questions. Search for the answers yourself to say what you think. That's right, because as we like to say, diversity of thought, ideas, and beliefs are welcome here. Asshats are not. (laughs) (laughs) All are welcome as long as you just think. Everybody, welcome to Just Think the podcast. This is Holly and Amy and Kristen. And today we are joined by another very special guest, someone that we have been wanting to talk to ever since his name first came across our screen in the news headlines. Dr. Kirk Moore out of Utah. He's a board certified plastic surgeon and he has been in practice for over 20 years. And he has worked uh, diligently in his, this is his full-time career, creating a surgical experience that is second to none, especially as it relates to a unique, innovative breast augmentation procedure. So certainly he is a plastic surgeon. He was born in France, grew up in Italy, has an undergraduate degree in political science. So I think it's safe to say he has well-rounded perspectives about a lot of different things that have probably been key to him having a just think moment in 2020 Uh, around and he's going to share his story, but there were, there was a moment over the course of the pandemic where Dr. Kirk Moore board certified physician said something isn't right here. There were just too many assumptions he said being made. And there was an absolute, in his opinion, disregard of basic scientific principles. So he realized that he could play a part in this pandemic and that he could help treat, start treating patients that perhaps needed his help. And he also realized that he could play a role even as a plastic surgeon, as a lot of physicians did, by the way. There were dentists and people who aren't just, you know, infectious disease doctors or um, general practitioners who realized they were trying to do their part and help us through the pandemic. And Dr. Kirk Moore was one of them, but he came under fire recently when the news broke that he had been giving the COVID vaccines to his patients and was not actually injecting them with the vaccine. Now, we put his story out on our social media and we immediately saw that many of you, our listeners, called him a hero, that if he did not believe that this was safe for his patients, but was being man- they were being mandated to get it, that he could somehow play his role and help protect them. Others thought that this was egregious, that there was no way that a doctor should do anything like this, and there was a myriad of opinions. We have to say that in our audience, most of you seem to think that he was indeed a hero for trying to help people. Now, I think if you've listened to this podcast long enough, you know that Kristen, Amy, and I went from saying, we're not sure about this vaccine when we started this podcast, to now telling people, we don't think you should get it. Um, After our own research, And listening to a lot of experts and their research, we don't believe the vaccines are safe or effective for anyone. And I want to remind people 
in spite of the evidence to the contrary, it has been put on the childhood schedule. It has it, it, it was voted to be put on the uh, childhood schedule without evidence that number one, COVID is a real risk to any child. I think in the state of North Carolina alone in the last year, no child has died of COVID. Um, and then, but it, but it also, not only are they not at risk, but there are risks to the children. And we know early on, it came out that there were things like myocarditis that were risk to teen boys. So moms and dads, we just share this with you so that you have the information. Um, because once something gets put on a schedule in some states, then it's mandated that your child get it to go to school. Um, there's a hand, there's a, most states have an exemption, parents, that you should be aware of, that you can try to opt out of the vaccine schedule, but we just want you to be aware, aware and informed. So with that, Dr. Moore, thank you so much for joining us. We thought that you deserved the right to tell your side of the story. In the headlines, we just saw that it was being reported on. And then after a few days, the story kind of went away, which was interesting. And I know you have some insight on why that probably happened. But can you take us back and just tell us, maybe, you're, maybe you can give a little more insight into how you saw the pandemic unfolding and what you saw that would make you say this course of action is not medically sound. Yeah, uh, listen, gals, thank you very much for having me. Um, so none of this has been medically sound from the beginning. Um, and I started off in January, February of 2020, uh, kind of worried. Uh, you know, I didn't know what this was. I didn't know what the virus was. I didn't know what sickness was you're hearing all these stories of all these you know it was just these dramatic stories and see these videos and pictures of people just killing over dead supposedly you know and then you go back and look at them later but you know you see this and you see it on the news and you see all this stuff i mean i remember seeing satellite pictures of the cities in china where they were supposedly you know kind of had all these hot spots and all the crematoriums that were running around you know around the clock because all these people were dying you know, anyway, so I, you know, so we're coming around and, and it's just the stories are growing. Now it's at the U.S. and it, it, it hits Seattle and it hits New York and, you know, you're, and, and everybody's all in a panic about it, you know, and everybody on the news, like, you know, and, and then it was like, oh my gosh, there's a case in Utah now, you know, and so, um, anyway, so I, I, I mean, I, but I'm working, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing my regular job and, you know, staying busy and springtime is always busy for us and, um, and it was just funny and, so I, you know, just, you know, funny to think about it. And, but at one point um, I went home and I just, I closed my office. I just, I got home, something hit me. I don't remember exactly what it was, but something hit me and I called my office. And I said, I'm not coming in tomorrow. Um, four days later, the state of Utah shut down for, you know, at the time what I, you know, was like essential businesses only. And so then, you know, now those, all these words start coming out, you know, and all these phrases, essential business, two weeks to slow the curve, all this other stuff. And, but, but by this time now, so I'm, now I'm not going to work. So this is a Tuesday. Um, and, you know, so Tuesday night, Wednesday, Thursday, by, by the time the business got, or the, the Utah shut us down, I completely flipped. I was like, why the hell did I just shut down? You know, and I should be going back to work and everybody else. I mean, this is just ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense. Um, but it just kept going. And so now I had, you know, so now supposedly on a, you know, kind of a non-essential business because I'm, I'm just the plastic surgery practice, you know, what I do is not an essential function. Um, so I just, you know, I kind of stayed home and, you know, kept my, you know, I had 
Uh, I think I kept the girls. I had one girl rotate and go to the office and then, you know, somebody else just to have the phones be answered or, you know, just to have somebody there in case somebody showed up just, you know, one of my patients needed something or, or whatever. We just wanted to make sure that we still had access. Um, and then about a month later, when we opened back up, you know, I was, you know, I was completely, I, I, I like I said, I completely flipped. Um, during that time was, I don't know if I, I, I was reading, saw podcasts and everything else and Dr. Zelenko, um, and, you know, I saw Peter McCullough's story. I think his was a little bit later, you know, where he was, he got sick and he was on a podcast and, um, and, you know, he had to enroll himself into a kind of like a, a form of study in order to get hydroxychloroquine. And I was like, God, that's just, that's just so weird. Um, cause when I, you know, I just, I started prescribing hydroxychloroquine. I, I, I wrote it out for everybody. I wrote it out for myself, for my family, for my friends. You know, everybody, there's just hydroxychloroquine, azithromycin, you know, azithromycin, zinc, you know, vitamin C, vitamin D. I was already taking, uh, you know, a, a lot of vitamin D anyway. I have been taking it for years. Um, but, you know, so I added some other stuff and, and you know, and so that's how it just kind of, you know, I just flipped and everything. I, I, I started, it, it was just crazy to me. And, and so then the thought process comes in, right? You're just sitting here and you're just kind of like, okay, why aren't people treating their patients? I mean, it, it, the symptoms of this are just like the flu. And so whether they have COVID or whether they have the flu, the symptoms, the initial symptoms are exactly the same. I mean, there is no, um, there's no difference between people coming in either with fever or chills or cough or whatever. That's any different than any other disease, um, but nobody's getting treated. And so people started coming to me and they knew that I had prescribed it. And so, you know, you start doing things and then their friends and their family and everybody. And so then, you know, my, my, my office manager's sister, you know, and mother-in-law and then her friend and then her next door neighbor and everybody. So I was just treating people. And it just, and it got crazy because people were calling me from emergency rooms, calling me from their home saying that they had just been sent home by the hospital and they weren't getting any treatment and, you know, and that's that's just kind of how it went, and it just mushroomed from there. And I, I've probably treated eight hundred to a thousand people. Not one person has died. Not one person has even gone to the hospital. Um, wow. And you know, and it's and I've taken two people out of the hospital. Um, you know, and and I had my one of my nurses. Um, uh, I have I have three nurses. They all work part time, um, or four actually, but they all work part time. And uh, one of them, the girl that's been working for me for years, um, her husband was a cop and he was really sick um, and he um, he couldn't get treatment. Um, I actually sent him in. He'd been he'd been sick for about seven or eight days. So he was well into the, you know, the process. Um, so it was a little bit later in the process than what I'd seen most people in. Um, and so I sent him in for this was the time with uh, um, uh, what do you call it? Those. The monoclonal antibodies and so you know i tried to get him in to get some monoclonal antibodies and they refused him because he was white what? okay he, he, yeah they they basically said that your skin color isn't the right pigment and you're you know you, you don't qualify because we're only supposed to give them to elderly people and people that are at high risk and i do you know, remember know that. that and so they sent him home and that was on a monday um and then by Wednesday, he was back in the hospital again with an oxygen saturation of like 84%. This guy's a healthy guy. You know, he's he's a police officer. He's probably, uh, you know, I don't know, 40 years old. Um, and, uh, you know, young, healthy guy. And um, 
And this time they were going to admit him and treat him. And he was sitting in the emergency room and they wouldn't even give him oxygen. Um, it was just like, a, 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 you know, Melanie's like, you know, can we have some oxygen? His stats are left to 90. Oh, no, he's okay. He'll, he'll, be, he'll be all right. Oh, I'm my like, God. What? What? I mean, it, it was, it's crazy. I, I, she has all the records and, um, and on everything else and, and what they were doing. And so then they tried to admit him. Um, and she, and Melanie said, well, so what are you going to do if you can admit him? Oh, we're going to, uh, we have our, we have a protocol that we use. Mm-mm. And she, I was on the, I was on the phone with her while I heard that. And I said, Melanie, leave his ID in, bring him home. I'll see you at your house. Um, and so I went there and I treated him with the FLCCC protocol. Um, I had never done high dose steroids in my life. Okay. Um, I was pretty, I'm pretty much against steroids as a, as a rule. Um, but I, I knew that it worked and I knew that the studies showed that it worked. And I'd listened to Pierre Corey and, uh, and Paul Merrick and, and those guys talking about it. And so I gave him 80 milligrams of, you know, solumedrol, a single dose. And I was like, Oh my God, I hope this works. <laughs> and, uh, and then I gave him another 80. Uh, and then we, the, the protocol said at the time, it was like, wait 24 hours. And if, it, and if the oxygen saturations aren't any better, increase the dose. So he got 80 milligrams that night, I think it was a Wednesday night, got another 80 milligrams the next morning. Um, and, and I took all the meds to him. I had him in my office. I had bought him and I had him in my office. I took all the meds up to her. I also called in a lot of prescriptions for her to go get. Um, and, uh, uh, and then by that evening, his oxygen saturations really weren't doing it. He was on a six, he was on six liters, non-rebreather face mask, maintaining like 90, 92%. Um, and, but he was still, you know, still awake, you know, still coherent and everything else. And so he was feeling okay, but his oxygen saturation hadn't gone down. And so I increased it to 160. Um, so he got 160 milligrams and then he got it again the next morning. Um, so now this is Friday morning. By Saturday, he's cleaning his kitchen. This is corticosteroids. Is that what you're saying? Yes. That was what you so, had to increase. Okay. Right. So, so there was a, there's a difference in corticosteroids. There's, you know, certain steroids have a higher anti-inflammatory effect um and a you know than than other ones and for whatever reason they're on a scale and and um hydroxy um or sorry um cortisone or um uh solumedrol uh has a much much higher glucocorticoid effect um than it does you know that what's called the mineral corticoid effect which is the effect that you're looking for which is the anti-inflammatory decrease in swelling um, and everything else. Whereas, you know, the hospitals were using Decadron, which had, you know, so on a scale of one to five, I think, you know, uh, um, uh, uh, Solumedrol has, uh, it's, it's their number, the number, the scale is the number four in terms of the cortisol effect, and Decadron has a one. Okay. And not only that, they're giving them much, such a small dose of it that it really wouldn't have that much of an effect anyway. Okay. So you get six milligrams of Decadron, you know, which is essentially nothing. Uh, right. Compared to the effect that, that Solumedrol gives you, um, and, and and I didn't know this. <laughs> I, mean, yeah, I I probably studied that, you know, when I went through medical school. So back in 1991, when I was, you know, in my second year of medicine, going through my pharmacology stuff, and that's it. So, you know, I I didn't remember any of that. I had to you know, I had to relearn all this stuff. Um, anyway, so yeah, so he, that was you know that was the first time that I'd done that, um, and then I did it a few more times. I had people come into my office and. I'd have my nurses come in. So the doses were supposed to be 12 hours apart and, you know, and everything else. And so I would treat people and I just, I treated, I treated every single one of them free, um, didn't charge anybody for anything. 
Um, okay. I had one lady that refused to be treated for free. She said, I said, okay, I'll just charge you what the cost was. I think it was 1200 bucks or something like that, which is the cost of the supplies um, for, you know, like a five day course of the, you know, of the medication. Salumendrol, it's just like anything else. I mean, we first hydroxychloroquine when I first wrote the prescription, you know, people were getting it for like six bucks. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then, and then it was, and then it was 16 and then it was 60 um, you know, and, and you're just, you're sitting, you're going, oh my gosh, you know, I mean, and then the government started buying it all up and then they were reselling it. So, I mean, it was just the, the whole, the whole thing was just such a travesty. It was just so crazy to see all this. Um, yeah. And that was and, for you. Do you think it was as much as the, the refusal to treat early was a big alarm for you as a physician. Oh going, my gosh. Like when have we ever not treated early? Why would we not try right. to treat or why would we suppress information? Why wouldn't we be bringing doctors together to say we're doing this protocol and this is working and instead right. doctors go and stand on the, on the steps of the Supreme Court and declare that they're treating patients just like you were. And they say, yep. we're not losing patients to COVID because early treatment is key. And then they went after every single doctor that stood on the steps of the Supreme right. Court. And that to me, if you were paying attention, had to make alarms go off of your critical thinking brain and go, something isn't right. And to our listeners, we'll point out to you, there's one reason we can come up with that they would not want there to be early treatment. And as hard as this is to digest, if you have a pure heart, it is because they could not under an emergency use authorization, mm-hmm. administer vaccines that had not gone through the typical trials and testing without being under emergency use authorization. And that emergency, the EUA says, if you have proven treatments, you can't have those vaccines bypass all of that. And so we are now pretty convinced, uh, if you can convince us otherwise, we'd love to see your information, that this is why they would not allow doctors to do what they were doing and they were withholding drugs and this is the truth. You just couldn't get them anymore. Um, and they were demonizing horse dewormer, as they called it, ivermectin, a Nobel, a Nobel Peace Prize winning creator of that drug, for that drug. Um, this is why that was all happening. So, Dr. Moore, I'm glad you mentioned that you were doing it for free. Because mm-hmm. the, only, the only criticism I heard about people who agreed that the vaccines, the COVID vaccine is not good. And that not giving it to people. There should never have been a mandate. They can agree on all that. Their one point of contention with you was, well, he charged $50 to give them saline. So I want to ask you a couple of questions around that. Number one, every patient that you saw that came in for the quote COVID vaccine, did they know they were in fact not getting it? Or did they all know this is a saline shot or this is not, I'm not getting the shot. (laughs) And also, when did you start doing that? Because he was talking about early treatment, right? So when we switching over to what was going on in the news and what what's what you're going through right now, right? Um, So yeah, what? How did that? How did you? Yeah, so there was a there was a you know there was a transition, right? And the same thing, um, you know, was you know it moved on. And when I started hearing about vaccines, and I started hearing about hey, we got to wait for this, and you know, again, just like you said. Um, there's just no no argument that we should never be treating people early. I, I, you know, it's kind of like you know, you ladies are women. You probably had a mammogram, or maybe not, or you know, people that have. 
if you get a little spot or a little squeaky or something that's suspicious on a mammogram, it's the analogy is, you know, okay, we'll just go home. And when it starts eroding through your skin, that's when we'll take care of it. Right. You know, I mean, that's the same, that's the same thing. It's just kind of like, so when, you know, well, you're, you know, your oxygen saturations aren't bad enough and, you know, you're still breathing. Okay. Your lungs are clear. Your fever is only 101. You know, you have aches and pain, right. you know, aches and body aches and pains and you can't get out of bed, but oh, don't worry about it. Just, you know, just, and, and sh what should I take doctor? You know, can I take some fluidine? Can I, you know, should I take Advil? Should I take Motrin? What about, you know, what about antibiotics? You know, I mean, is anything, you know, no, just go home and suffer. And then, you know, and then we'll treat you, um, you know, with remdesivir. Just let the virus and, wreak havoc on your body. Just go. Right. <laughs> right. So anyway, yeah. So that was, you know, that was the big thing for me. Um, and then, you know, and then hearing kind of like, okay, you start hearing, okay, well, we're, it's not going to, we're not going to be able to solve this until we have a vaccine. And, you know, and I'm not a big vaccine person anyway. I mean, I got, when I, um, I got my hepatitis vaccine when I first started medical school and I got shingles as a re in response to it from one shot, I didn't get any more and I haven't had one since. Um, and, you know, never, I, I used to get chased down the hallways when I was in the military, you know, by my other medical officers. And I'd always say, ah, I got to go to the squadron. I'll be back. I'll be back tomorrow. You're okay. And, <laughs> and you can inject me then. And then by that time, it was a different doc that was on duty or whatever. And, and there were four of us, you know, we would all joke about it and nobody, but you know, and that was, you know, that was the thing. So I, you know, so I, you know, kind of skated on all that stuff. And, um, and uh, so, so when I'm seeing all this stuff and I'm hearing about a vaccine, the thought the thoughts are going through my head is just kind of like, they've been trying to get a vaccine just recently for AIDS. You know, like AIDS was, Something that started in like the early 80s, like 1980, 82, 81, something like that. And it's been 40 years and they haven't been able to come up with a vaccine that works for AIDS. And they're going to find something in less than a year or nine months. Um, and so that, and again, like I said, I already was a little bit skeptical of the whole vaccine thing anyway, just because of my own experience. Um, and, you know, and then the whole AIDS thing, I've been trying to get a cancer vaccine for 150 years and they haven't been able to do it. You know, and so, you know, all of a sudden they've solved, medicine has been solved. You know, it's kind of like it's this panacea where they had this great technology, this mRNA technology. So then I started reading about that. And I'm like, well, if you look at the studies that they did on that and all the animals died. You know, right. I mean, so, right. you're, you know, so you've got <laughs> like, and they tried it in ferrets and in mice and rats and monkeys and, you know, and, and chimpanzees and everybody and all the animals died. And then, and then I remember seeing something at some point on a podcast or something where somebody said, um, uh, well, they died because they were euthanized and they had to kill them to see if there was any effect in it. And I'm just kind of like, no, uh, you know, that's, that's not the reason why that was one of those fact check things. Right. And so, oh yeah. Um, we know those. And it, yeah, it's kind of like, you know, it wasn't Snopes, but it was the you know, fact check.com or whatever. And the guy's article was like, well, that's false. All the animals were, were euthanized so that they could, you know, test their tissues or whatever. And it was just kind of like, uh, no, dude. Um, so yeah, it was just, um, uh, and then it, you know, like I said, so then it morphed into, okay, here comes the vaccine. And, uh, um, and I knew I could see it coming. Um, and, you know, cause we went through the masks, you know, voluntary to, um, mask mandates to, I lost my hospital privileges because I wouldn't wear a mask in the hospital, um, you know, where they're mandating it. And, um, and so I knew if they were going to put these vaccines out that they were going to mandate them, you know, or somebody was, and it was just, it was coming. Um, you know, we just, we just had the election, uh, you know, we, we, that 
side of it alone. Um, but that was a big part of, you know, what was going on. And then it was just kind of like, you had all these people that were like, oh, I'm not going to do this thing. Trump invented it. I'm not going to take it. And then all of a sudden, you know, three months later, oh, it's the best thing since sliced bread. You know, right. you're just kind of like, okay. So again, the whole narrative, this whole thing, you know, the two weeks to stop the curve was now going on, you know, 365 days to stop the curve. Um, you know, we still hadn't done anything. Uh, they studied this vaccine and they wouldn't release the studies um, and they wouldn't release the data. And uh, we need 75 years to get it because our our office is too busy. You have 18,000 employees. You you could get one employee to do this and that she could print it or he or she could print this thing in 12 hours. Okay. So, I mean, it was just, and anyway, I mean, it was just, it, it's just crazy. Um, and so, um, I, again, I getting back to your question. Sorry, I'm kind of rambling for you guys, but, um, you know, I never charged for anything. Um, I had people coming to me. The reason why, um, the reason why the fifty dollars is even coming up, and it was, I one of my patients asked me, "Hey, Dr. Moore, you're not taking any money. We want to help. What can you know? What can we do? Can we buy you lunch? Can we do this? You know, I had some people come in and bring us lunch, and you know, whatever for the office staff, and <clears throat> and do those kinds of things. And but it was, it you know, it was more than one, and. I, you know, and, and one patient said to me, well, what if we donated to a, you know, some sort of a health freedom organization? And I, I thought that sounds like a good idea. Um, and so I started looking around and I was, I was in, I started going to meetings with the, um, of this one company. I met them when I was trying to change the laws in Utah about mask mandates and everything else. I met some people at the Capitol. And, um, and so I started going to their meetings and I said, hey, can I have people donate to your, you know, to, to your organization? Um, that are asking for, you know, that they're asking to be treated. Um, and they were like, well, they're not going to turn down any donations. So, right. Um, right. so, you know, so they did. And, um, you know, and, and it went from, you know, and then people would say, well, how much? And I'm like, you know, whatever you guys want, you know, 25, 50 bucks. So, you know, some people donate 25, some people donate 50, um, and uh, some people donate 500. Um, but uh, it was, you know, it that's, that's how that came. Um, so, yeah. I can't directly answer your question. What I can tell you is that the people that came in to me knew what their treatment was. It was, it was full informed consent. Um, and they, there were no issues about, you know, what they were getting, whether they were getting it or not getting it or whatever they, you know, that we had, it was a full informed consent process, which is fully lacking in all of medicine at that time. Um, and, you know, and so there was nobody that got something that they didn't want to get. And I, so let's clarify that. So I want everybody to understand what he just said. Every single person that came in there was fully informed. They knew exactly what they were getting or what was happening. And they were not charged. They were not charged financially. Correct. So right. to set the record straight, you cannot believe what you read. <laughs> you, you need to go straight to the source. So then what happened? Like, I mean, who told on you? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I want to know. <clears throat> Damn it. Let's go get them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just saw, I just saw a podcast or I, I think it was a, uh, it was a telegram channel where uh, Fauci's wife was complaining about how they have to walk around in Washington, D.C. with security 24-7. You can't even go on a walk without being harassed. Um, and, you know, so all we've tried to do is just serve the public and do all this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Hmm. And also, if she feels a little bit constrained, her husband and her, because she was working, remember, she was working right alongside him. They were responsible for holding all of us captive in our own homes. They were partly responsible for the prisons we all lived in while the elites like Gavin Newsom were partying it up with their friends. And and Nancy Pelosi's going to her salon while I'm sitting here trying to figure out what to do with these grays, you know? Like, (laughs) I'm sorry, but nobody feels sorry for you. Nobody right. feels sorry for yeah. you. And also, I want to just interject this piece of information because I don't think that most people realize what happened on Capitol Hill in the Senate hearings when the head of the CDC, former head, Dr. Redfield, former head of the CDC, testified before Congress in the last few weeks. And remember, it was under his watch that COVID came out. He told Fauci that he believed this was from a lab. And, and Fauci disagreed with him. And so when they put the task force together, which Redfield was on, Fauci said, I want to keep this group tighter and closer. He left Redfield out of the conversations and sent none of the emails, which were coming from the experts who were agreeing it probably was from the Wuhan lab. So if it, to say that this man is some kind of hero Mm-mm. or that the Dr. Fauci is some kind of hero or that he somehow... Um, should not have to live with the consequences of his corruption. I'm sorry, he hasn't begun to live with what he should live with. <laughs> this so is I, just and I feel zero sympathy yeah. for her or him. Yeah. And the quicker they are sitting behind bars, the happier I think we all can be. Anyway, sorry. We're waiting. We're waiting for that day. And there's our rant. There. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. Okay. So anyway, as you were saying, the after who who ratted you out or how did anyone even come to know? Or I know there was a point where you said we got to back this down now. This is not needed as much as it was. So help our listeners understand that part. <laughs> yeah. So um, it just when the mandate stopped and the only mandates that were still left in terms of healthcare and you know uh, most people were like you said are able to get a. Um, you know, you're able to get a, a, a waiver, whether it be a medical waiver, whether it be, you know, or an exemption of some sort, uh, philosophical, religious, you know, personal uh, medical exemption. Um, and so, because all of the, all the hype had kind of calmed down a little bit off of it. So, uh, you know, when that happened, we just kind of said, okay, we don't really need to provide this kind of, you know, this service any longer. Um, and uh, so we, you know, we kind of wound it down. I think our last, uh, uh, our last COVID vaccine was in November of 22. Um, uh, who ratted me out? Um, <laughs> I, I, I actually don't really know how it all happened. At some point, somebody heard about it. Um, and then this is in the indictment, so I'm not sharing any information that I'm not allowed to share. But in the indictment, uh, we had two federal officers that contacted the office. One of them contacted the office and scheduled an appointment um, and then donated the $50 to the, the organization. And then the other one actually showed up in the office with, uh, you know, with video um, and, and, you know, kind of took a video of it. So those are the, those are the two bits of information that, you know, that we, that they have right now. Um, and there's some testimony from, you know, various people, but, um, you know, that's, and then the, the $50 that they claim, I mean, every line of the indictment says, 
um, and donated $50 for the benefit of Plastic Surgery Institute, um, Avita and Dr. Moore individually, every line, almost every line in the event is like that. So, you know, and this happened for the benefit of, and this happened for the benefit of, and it's just kind of like, I mean, there was zero benefit to any of us. I mean, it's just, um, you know, like you said earlier, I, you know, I did not take any money. There was no financial, you know, remuneration. There was no exchange of any money in the office at all on any of this. And that's an important and it's, to know. Well, the interesting thing too is, you know, because if you go to a pharmacy, you know, the pharmacy gets to bill the government 40 bucks. Okay. Yep. So, um, you know, and then, and then doctor's offices can charge, um, you know, they can charge insurance companies, you know, for the service. We can't charge for the vaccine, but you can charge for the service. Um, and so, you know, and I don't know what that CPT code is, um, or what the value is, but it's at least 40 or 50 bucks. Um, mm -hmm. you know, cause you get the charge for an office visit or you get the charge for, you know, for the, you know, for, there's a CPT code for, you know, procedure code, let's call it, you know, for actually doing the administration of the vaccine. So okay. you can't charge for the product, but you can charge for the, you know, that's for the administration. Of it. And that's important to note too, Dr. Moore. And I'm glad you addressed that because we did have a pharmacist testify to us on the podcast in North Carolina, the Walgreens, the, the, you know, those major pharmacies, yeah. they were, they were getting $60 per vaccination yeah. per shot. So if you got both doses, that's 120. Right. And right. if you start doing the math, you know, when Dr. When a uh, doctor, when, when President Biden stood in front of America a few months back and was still encouraging every America American to get their vaccine, you know, so that the winner of death didn't catch you. Um, all the people standing <laughs> behind him were Walgreens. Right. Like it was like Walgreens, Walmart, like all these massive pharmacies standing behind them, shaking their heads going, get your vaccine. And I just want to scream cha-ching, 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 cha-ching. Right. Your entire, they got billions, millions, 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 millions of dollars off of those vaccines. And um, in your, to your point, when you were administering, you did not, um, I guess you're saying you didn't go back to the U.S. government and say you owe me 60 bucks or 40 bucks or whatever. Is that what you were saying? <laughs> Right, and that I mean, like you were right. like, yeah, like, no, I didn't. didn't I, I didn't charge anybody. I didn't go back to anybody. I didn't go back. I didn't charge anybody's insurance. I didn't. You know, yeah. there was no billing. I don't know how to bill. I mean, I know how to bill insurance, but I don't have the capacity to do that in my office. It's all kind uh -huh. of like, and, um, and so I, you know, if, if anybody was going to pay us, they would have just paid us cash. And you know, there, like I said, there was no, uh, there was no financial transaction whatsoever. Here's the so. interesting thing. Nobody, everybody like calls it out or just assumes when they think that you were even charging. And even if you did charge, I bet people would have paid you even more. We oh, even yeah. know we, there were even articles from people. Wasn't it Italy or somewhere, some big Spain. Way, elite person? Spain. Spain. It was in Spain. Okay. Yeah. And that, and yeah. they happened to come across that. And I'm like, people, we, we even said, we're like, people are paying to not get something that's free. Yeah. <laughs> Right? right to get me let's think about that all right and well, then, so we, yeah go ahead. yeah no go ahead sorry Christine. no go ahead you're you were talking about no I was, I was saying um you know there, there's two things there one is the that the, that organization or whatever it was in spain they had a means test and so they were charging the people that could afford it like the ceo of that big pharma company in spain paid one hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars. okay for his vaccine Okay, and then they were giving it out for free for the people that couldn't afford it, and then and then everywhere in between. 
And then the same thing happened there. You know, that story fell. I mean, it, it was a big article, big story, everything else. You thought, okay, here it comes. We're going to hear all these names and all these celebrities and all these athletes and everybody else who went to this person to get them. Nothing. I mean, it's gone. And there were, there was like 2000 names or something or 2200 people. And then that stuff never got published and it never went anywhere. Of course. And then the flip side of that, there's that lady in New York that, you know, I think she was a nurse who got busted and she had like $920,000 or something, $950,000 in cash in her apartment when the, when the FBI raided her place. Um, and so, I mean, and so I want to just, again, and so by the way, you guys, Dr. Moore is not in Utah while we're recording. He's actually at a medical conference. So it sounds like we're talking to him on the phone. So I want everybody to know why, why he sounds a little different than we do. But this is what I want everyone to make sure you understand. He was trying to early treat COVID, okay, even as a plastic surgeon. And he had shut down his offices and then he had tried to open them back up. But he was, he was complying. He was complying. Then he goes into early treatment, started to find that early treatment was hard, difficult, started noticing something was really wrong there, then begins to administer um, these vaccines, but, you know, not, but, but giving, but people willingly knowing what they were doing, coming to his office, he was not charging them. They were making donations to a medical freedom if they wanted, if they chose. I want to just clarify the facts. Okay. So. You finally realize that, you know what, the mandates are loosening. Um, we're we're seeing a lot more people than other people in my, um, I guess, you know, other other offices that were administering shots weren't doing as many as you were. And you said, you know, what? we got to shut this down because it's now, you know, we're in a different place. You said November 2022 was the last time. OK, someone rats you out. And here it makes headlines and everybody goes, this doctor was lying to his patients, number one, which we now know wasn't true, that you were, um, they were participating in this with you and they were not being charged. Okay, so that's a lot of information that was not in the press. What we noticed and what you pointed out was this was a huge headline that suddenly went away, Dr. Moore, and just like the situation in Spain. Now, you were telling us off camera, off recording, that um, you have actually never been served for what you've been accused of. And I find this fascinating. So can you tell the audience how you found out you were being indicted? Yeah, so it's interesting. I, we went on vacation for Christmas, which is the first time probably in 20 years that I go on vacation for Christmas because typically the Christmas holidays are really busy. Um, patients want to have things done. They have, you know, their money that's been saved up and and in their medical uh um bucket or whatever they have time built you know they have time off from work because their offices are closed and everything else and so uh it's typically very busy but this year i decided that you know uh, i'm gonna go we went to costa rica um uh took my mom my girlfriend um and you know my two kids my girlfriend's son um and, and then we went down with another family those uh five or six of them. Uh, so, um, you know, it's a big group, it's like 11 of us. Um, and uh, when we come back, you start back up and uh, start back up and on January, it was like, I think I've been home for two weeks. And on a Wednesday, uh, 12 officers, federal officers showed up in my office. Well, first it was two and then it was two more and then it was, you know, three more and then everything else. But there was 11 or 12 officers in my lobby on a Wednesday afternoon, uh, and they weren't going to leave. Um, 
And uh, so they confiscated our phones, uh, my phone and my office manager's phone. Uh, and that was the only time I'd ever heard anything. Um, but then at that point, you're kind of like, okay, something's going on. So I started trying to, we started trying to find out attorneys, get, you know, get attorneys. Um, the, the, the following week, um, again, on a Wednesday morning, um, I wake up to an email and the email was kind of from a reputation.com company um, said, hey, here's a screenshot of an article. And the screenshot of, the, I think it was a Daily Mail or something that showed that we had been indicted um, and that we had an arraignment on January 26th. Um, and then, you know, and then it's like, that was started that flood of it. Then it was like the heavy.com article and then things started coming out. Then the next day of CNN and it was Fox News and it was, you know, all this stuff, like you said. And, um, and so uh, I was like, okay. And I didn't even think of it until, so that's, you know, this is Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, through the weekend, um, you know, articles was coming out. And then by Monday, it was like super quiet. By that time, I talked to a bunch of attorneys. I um, I sent an email to the, because um, right on the indictment, the, how to you know how to contact the office, and then that also tells you um, in one of the articles it said, "Hey, this is your judge um, that is going to be you know your magistrate judge that's going to be there for your arraignment." And so I called the judge's office, and uh, and they put me through the wrong judge, uh, and then I left a message uh, saying, "Hey, can we push back this indictment?" Um, and I never heard back, and I sent an email to the prosecutor. Uh, and never got an answer back because they were worried that, you know, there was like communicating with, you know, a, a, communicating with the other side is not allowed, I guess, or something, even though I didn't have an attorney. Um, but I realized, um, and actually one of the co-defendants, Chris uh, Anderson and her husband um, came to me, they called me and they said, hey, um, you know, my attorney says we don't have to go anywhere because we haven't been served yet. And I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. So I remember talking to one of the attorneys that I was interviewing and asking him about that. And so he talked to, he was an ex, ex US attorney, just left the attorney's office a few weeks before that. Um, and uh, and this was gonna be his first big case, I guess. And so he, you know, but he still had contact people that he just worked with three weeks earlier. Um, and so, you know, and he calls me back and either emails me or something that says, yeah, they don't want to move this because they're going to have a bunch of media there at your arraignment. Um, and uh, I, and to this day, um, I don't believe I have ever been served. I got paperwork the day of my arraignment, the morning of my arraignment, FedEx shows up and, and there's no signature for it, just dropped off an envelope. And inside the envelope was the, uh, so they sued five people or five entities. They sued my company and then the four of us, myself, my office manager, my receptionist, my and medical assistant, and then one of my neighbors. Um, so it's five people. Um, and I want to say that uh, only two of us have been served. And it was my business. They served my business at my home address instead of vice versa. Um, and again, no signatures. There's no verification that you actually ever been served. So I remember asking, you know, my this attorney, I'm asking him saying, hey, um, uh, you know, what if we don't show up? <laughs> I mean, we've, we've never been served. And so what if we just, and he's like, well, that's just, you know, and I asked a couple of the other attorneys the same thing. And they're like, well, you know, look, you're going to make enough waves anyway, um, mm -hmm. you know, with this whole process. The last thing you want to do is piss them off right from the get go. Um, right. So, 
you know, and I was kind of like, uh, that makes sense. But by the same token, you know, how come, you know, where's the, you know, where's the process here? Why have, you know, how, how can one simple thing, you know, so one of the things they said was don't, um, uh, you know, you don't want them showing up at your office or your house and arresting you and, and, and having them, you know, having the news, you know, kind of be there when they arrest you and show you being walked off in handcuffs or, you know, whatever. Right. And I mean, it makes sense. I didn't want that to happen. I didn't want to end up in jail. And, um, by this time, I kind of knew what the restrictions were going to be on us afterwards, um, which were not overly demanding, you know, give our passport, don't travel outside the state without permission, you know, um, simple things. Um, but, you know, uh, it was, it was still kind of just a strange kind of how the whole thing evolved. Well, that they don't want the press there. I mean, the fact that they said to you, they don't want the press there. Well, why don't you want the press there? You know, and and, and I, I, I really. Oh, yeah, no, they said. They said what? What did you say, Dr. Moore? No, go ahead. Sorry. No, well, they said I, they did want the press. Yeah, they, no, they, they, did. they didn't they want to move. Oh, they did. Okay. They didn't want, they, yeah, they didn't want to push it back because they didn't want to change the date because they were going to have press and the media was already called and they didn't want to change the date and, you know, and everything else. Um, and then it turns out when we showed up for arraignment, there was nobody there. Okay. I mean, it was, I, I had 50 to 75, you know, supporters out on the steps and there's, we have videos of that and everything else. And there were a lot of people there to support us. And, um, but yet no press, nobody showed up, not one TV stand, not one local station, wow. not one national media, you know, everything else. And that was, you know, four days after they pub up over the weekend, you know, of all the, you know, all the people that, you know, supposedly, you know, we had the news. We were on CNN. We were on the web. I mean, I think it was even on some of the some of the newscasts. It wasn't just an article that was published on the website. You know, mm -hmm. they were talking about us. You know, on the news, and yet nobody shows up. So I'll tell you an interesting. You know, you brought this up. Sorry, I kind of uh, feel like I'm rambling. I'm sorry. So interrupt me if I'm kind of taking up too much time. Um, uh, Tucker Carlson on Fox Nation interviewed Ed Dowd. Um, and right at the end of his interview, um, you know, and you brought this up to I think Holly um, was, you know, he asked the question. He said, you know, there's got to be other doctors out there that are doing what it is that, you know, you weren't talking about me, but there's got to be other doctors out there that are doing uh oh vaccine. we just um, lost and, you know it, they kind of sorry am i still there it froze just a little bit like when you said there, there's got to be okay. other doctors out there and then i didn't hear the rest it kind of froze oh yeah so so um you know tucker in the question that he was asking at doubt he was just kind of uh he said there's got to be other doctors out there that were giving away fake vaccines and they, they kind of left the question at that. And, and you know, um, it was just, I just thought it was interesting that it was actually brought up. I mean, it's on Fox Nation, not on their, you know, national broadcast, um, you know, part of it, but it's out there for the public to see. So yeah. I just thought it was interesting. I'm sure you weren't the only one. Well, so we're coming up into April. So we're just curious, <laughs> like, what's going on now? Like, wh what is your life like now? How has this changed things for you? And like, what, what should you be expecting or what's, do you know anything of and, what's going to happen or, you know? 
And what can people do to help you yeah. and help support you and everything? Because I do want people to realize when we we say we we say this all the time. When people make decisions and when people are doing these things, what do they have to lose? What do they have to gain? Right? Who's benefiting from this and who's losing from this? You did this because you took an oath. The first do no harm. You were doing this to help people and giving people fully informed consent. I mean, you have to, have to ask the question, how many people were harmed doing what you did? Probably none. I mean, yeah. my guess would be a big zero. fat zero. And then how many people were harmed who actually got the thing or who never got early treatment? That's a very, very, very large number. And then you think you actually invested, you actually paid for these medical, the, these medical therapies, you paid for the, you know, you paid for all this, you paid for that. You did not charge them. You lost money. Now your license is at risk. So before you even answer, I just want people to remember, you know, this is where he, these are the heroes, truly. I mean, look at McCullough, look at Thorpe, all, look at Dr. Cole, all of these people, Dr. Paul Thomas, who lost his license for doing yeah. no harm. So, all right, go ahead. What can we do to help yeah. for you now? Well, so, um, <laughs> So we have a website, standformore.com, um, all spelled out. Uh, and then it, it gives you a link to go to the Gifts and Go, set up by friends and family. My girlfriend and my mom set it up. Um, and uh, it's just a, it's a donation website. I've been told that this is going to cost us, you know, a million dollars plus. Um, and, you know, it's I'm still in business. I'm still able to do, uh, you know, what I normally do. I mean, it's been a little bit harder. Um, I still have to, my son's 15. I still have to be off, out of work in order to pick him up. My daughter's off in college. So, you know, she's, she's not available to do that. Um, and, you know, so I, I have to, uh, you know, I, I still, I, my work day is limited by, you know, by those limitations, uh, which it has been, and that's okay. Um, and, you know, I have help and I have family. My mom was here for a while and she stays with me and she stays with my sister and, um, so, uh, you know, so we have help, but, you know, financially, this is going to be a big burden. I'm covering the cost of my office manager's legal fees. Um, and, you know, one of the, my medical assistants got a, a public defender because she qualified for that. Um, and then, uh, Chris, uh, got her own attorney as well. Um, so, you know, but this is, this is a, going to be a lengthy process. There's a lot of, uh, data and a lot of information that we need to gather. Um, and so it's going to it's going to be a costly, you know, costly thing. I've, I've been told anywhere. I mean, I've had some people tell us it's going to be a million dollars. And then some people say, oh, Kirk, this is going to be a three to five million dollar deal. Um, wow. Right now, we originally had our court date was supposed to be April 7th. Um, that just got um, uh, continued or, you know, the, the term in legal terms is continuing. But uh, it just got rescheduled for November 7th, I think it was. Um and uh, the uh, date for uh, motions, I think, is September seventh. So sixty days before your court date is the final date for filing motions. Um, so right now we're scheduled for November seventh, um, and uh, we'll see how that process plays out. Um, we still have not requested any information from um, from the prosecution side, uh, but I, I we're kind of talking about that right now. I have a meeting scheduled next week with an investigator um, and, you know, some other attorneys. Um, and we're reaching out. I, I have the uh, America's Frontline Doctors attorneys have, um, you know, one of their attorneys, uh, Dave Daly, has offered uh, some assistance with us and, and is uh, going to, you know, going to help us out with, you know, kind of trying to gather information. Um, and I anticipate that this is going to be a, 
a hard process. I mean, we, we, we have a government that doesn't want to give any information out. I mean, they wanted to give us, you know, they wanted to wait 75 years to give us the data on, on whatever the study from the Pfizer and Moderna vaccine. Um, and I, I mean, in full, you know, if, if you, um, if you're so confident in your product, why are you trying to hide all the information? Exactly. Um, it's just, you know, and we, we've kind of skated over this before in, in, in some capacity. You know, if we, if you have a product that everybody wants and, and it works and it's been shown to work, okay, it's just like, why are people spending, you know, $5,000 for a pair of sneakers, okay? You know, because people want them, because whatever. I mean, it, it's just they have value to it. So if you have a valuable product and you have people that are willing to take it and want it, they're going to pay money. They'll stand in line and pay for it. When the new iPhones come out, the stores have lines out around the corner, you know, because people want that product. If this is such a great product, why are you giving away cheeseburgers and french fries and having yes. the mayor of New York kind of, you know, sitting there on TV going, yum, you know I mean? It's just <laughs> kind of like, it's just crazy. And then, you know, so then you have to force it on people. And, sorry. Um, and it, it, you know, it, you shouldn't be coercing people, you know, French fries, lottery tickets. It's like a vacation, Saturday Night Live skit. You know, We've like played it, we're like, can you imagine? <laughs> yeah. 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 So, I mean, again, and it's just, uh, um, yeah, I mean, the whole, the whole narrative is falling apart. It's, and, you know, people are realizing this, you know, that the year, the, the, um, uh, a couple of months ago, I think it was October, the Pfizer executive on, at the EU commission came out and said, but we never tested this for transmission. Well, mm -hmm. if you're giving a vaccine for somebody, um, then, and, and she used the word or the phrase, the speed of science. I don't know if you guys remember oh, yeah. that, mm -hmm. um, but. I mean, yeah, we, we had to work, we had to work at the speed of science. We're just kind of like, what the hell is the speed of science? And, you know, I mean, it's just, it's just crazy. Um, you know, and they just, I think, um, uh, Senator, um, uh, who was it that just, uh, that just interviewed Stefan Bansell from, uh, um, uh, the Moderna CEO, um, and we, you know, asked them, hey, do you have any data for, you know, the dangers of the uh, vaccine for uh, adolescent males? Um, and he said, no, it's safe in adolescent males. And then he just read off, you know, three articles that they had data that his own CFO had just talked about um, and presented. Uh, and it, it's just, and, and the data is there and, and, outright lie on national TV, uh, you know commission hearing um it's just you know that the, the, the some people still don't see it is just it flabbergasting it's, I don't get it's it. hard to understand and yet we see it all the time and I, I think i've seen it more in doctors or families of doctors um who like I guess in order for them to accept the reality would mean that every agency they were taught and indoctrinated to trust, the CDC, the FDA, the, you know, all the three letter agencies. I mean, for all of us, you know, we thought 
we thought we were the, the FBI were the good guys. And now we're starting to go, oh, wait a minute. That, not to say there's uh, there's not great people in the FBI, but there are some nefarious things happening. And we are seeing that corruption, greed, money, and power are ruling more than democracy, right? And so that is where I think we've got to just continue to challenge all of us, ourselves included. Number one, you are, have the right to change your mind. Number two, you have the right to admit you were wrong. And mm -hmm. all the evidence is showing you that the vaccine was neither safe nor effective, okay? Um, when there are people testifying, filling out VAERS reports that, that, by the way, in case you didn't know, VAERS has been around since 1986 or 1987, um, once they said that the vaccine companies would not be held responsible for the consequences they caused you as, mm -hmm. as the recipient, okay? When that happened, that that there's been no reporting of, it used to be the HPV vaccine, parents. That used to be the one that had the most side effects reported that were detrimental adverse reactions. Now, COVID's killed it. I mean, but far and away, the most reported on. And you can say all day long, well, now people know about VAERS and, and people could go manipulate VAERS. They still have to look at every VAERS case. And the fact that we're still sitting here using safe and effective as any two possible adjectives for this vaccine would defy every ounce of real science that has been put out there in true evidence. And it's only going to keep coming. You can only hide a secret this big for so long. Mm -hmm. So I encourage everyone, open your minds, go look at it for yourself, think for yourself, but please do not hold on to the narrative you were lied to. And it's okay to admit you were lied to. Don't hold on to it because you're terrified to accept reality. We got to be grownups here and accept harsh realities. That is, that is what we have to do. And the harsh reality is that this reeks of corruption. Mm -hmm. Reeks of corruption. And Dr. Moore, you're a casualty of the corruption right now. Now, we uh, go to standformore.com, right? Stand for M-O-O-R-E. Dot com. That is a way that you can support Dr. Moore. Here's why it's important that we support doctors like him, Dr. Dr. Malone, um, Dr. McCullough, who's also come under fire. Why is it important that we support these doctors? Because they're trying to make an example out of these doctors to mm -hmm. deter all other doctors from actually practicing medicine for, for really keeping that Hippocratic oath, do no harm. So what you want to do is support the doctors who are taking a stand and, and showing those who come against them, it's not going to work. Mm -hmm. So we have your back, Dr. Moore. We're, um, you know, after hearing the entire story, um, we absolutely believe that it is, you know, it's an atrocity, honestly. And it is certainly, um, again, it's something that needs to be exposed and we, the people need to take a stand against so it does not keep happening. Are there any final words that you'd like to leave with our audience as you go forward? No, uh, I think you said November 7th is when this is all supposed to go down. Anything, last words you want to share? Uh -oh. There he is. Can you guys hear me okay? It's kind of breaking up just a little bit. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, you know, really this, yeah, I could see it on my, um, you got, you broke up a little bit. I could hear her. So um, okay. are you, can you guys hear me now? Okay. Yeah. Yes. yes. Now it's clear. Yeah. It's clear it stays that way. Okay. Um, all right. Good. Um, sorry about that. Um, so, you know, look, this is this is much bigger than just us. Um, you know, we, we have four of us, my business, um, you know, five total. Um, but, you know, if they can tell us that they are 
you know, that they have control over our bodies of what we can take both medicine-wise, both injection-wise, and they can force us to do that, then we've lost control over everything. And I really find it's funny that in 2017, uh, after the inauguration of Donald Trump, there were, you know, there was protests in Washington, D.C. about, you know, my body, my choice. Um, and now in 2021 on, um, you know, what, what's the, you know, what's this, my body, my choice doesn't matter. So my body, my choice, when it matters from the standpoint of abortion, but my body, my choice doesn't matter when it's from the standpoint of taking and being forced to take an injection. Um, I mean, they're, they're, it's the same argument, and yet it's a different narrative. Um, and it, it just doesn't make any sense to me. So if we don't, if we don't have control of our own bodies and we can't push back on a government to tell us that, no, I'm not going to do that, um, and we're not allowed to tell them or, you know, to push back or, you know, continue to live, then we don't have any control over anything else in our lives. Um, and that's, you know, so it's a medical freedom issue. It, you know, like you said, I mean, we're being made examples of all of us have, you know, Dr. Paul Thomas, like you mentioned, lost his license. You know, he got, he eventually got it back, but, um, you know, he's not practicing medicine anymore. So we have a lot of people that are not even practicing medicine. Uh, anymore because they've kind of just been so they're, they're just so disconcerted with how everything has panned out. Um, the struggle is that most physicians now are um, are employees. They work for large corporations, whether it be a large insurance company or a large medical you know, provider or just a large multi-specialty group. Um, and then they are Kind of uh, um, insurance reimbursement and rights to be getting money. Narrative, um, they won't be employed anymore. But by the time if you you're doing something and you are still doing it, that's that's moral. Um, yeah. And you can't. You, you I don't know how people sleep with it. I right. really don't. So, and Dr. Moore, it's breaking up, um, but I just... I don't know if you guys are still hearing me because you're kind of, <laughs> both of you going out. Well, uh, we, anyway. we, we can hear you in bits and pieces, but I think what you were basically saying is that if you, um, you know, it's chasing good doctors out. It's chasing, it's chasing doctors who want to stand for something out. And if you are complying when you know it's wrong, that says a lot more about your character. And I know that's not a doctor that I want to have. You know, if a doctor knows what they're doing is wrong, but they're willing to do it anyway... That's that's frightening. You know, I think that 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 goes back to the days of, um, you know, Nazi Germany, um, where you can get a, a otherwise, quote, good people to do really atrocious things because they are now programmed to mm -hmm. follow along. And I think that's what we all want to stop. This is America. You know, um, Dr. Moore, thank you so much for giving us your time. Um, I'm sorry about the connections. I know it's hard, but I'm glad that people got to hear your side of things because I think it's important. And I know this audience of critical thinkers um, who love democracy and, and want to see America remain the land of the free, want to put their time, energy, and resources behind people who are fighting for that very thing. So we thank you. Yes. Thank you yes. so much. Thank you. Okay. okay well, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Of course. Okay, everybody, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs>